We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Kobyshevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast Edition. I'm your host for tonight, Justin, as Oklahoma City falls in Philadelphia to the 76ers, 87-100. to 100. Before we dive into that, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. A game in Philadelphia, the newly minted home of James Harden, though James Harden did not play. A game in which the Oklahoma City Thunder trailed for a good majority, often by large double digits, came back and made it close, cut it to single digits late in the game, but ultimately fall by 13 Aside from all of that, which may sound quite familiar for this Thunder team, it was a fairly notable night in the stat sheet for Oklahoma City's roster. I'm going to read off some notable numbers, and we're going we're gonna to tear through this thing. Season high, 16 points for Derek Favors. Shouts to Derek Favors. Most points scored in the Thunder uniform. Sure wish you could have done that before the trade deadline, but cool. Third straight double-digit scoring game for Alexei Pokushevsky. Fourth double-double of the season for Darius Baisley. The first NBA minutes for Lindy Waters the third. The first minutes for Isaiah Roby since January 2nd. And last but absolutely not least, the first NBA basket for Veet Krejci. That's a lot of um, milestones, so we're gonna we're gonna roll this back to the top. Sixteen points for Derek Favors, a very impressive night. Not just scoring for Favors, in addition to sixteen points, he had nine rebounds, one steal, and three blocks. Those three blocks are notable because he's matched up against the incredible Joel Embiid, who's having a fantastic season for Philly. 
will be very interesting to see if he can uh, be the first teammate since Nick Collison to get along with James Harden. We'll find out more on that in coming weeks. But Embiid, a 25-point stat line, 19 rebounds. He had a double-double in the first quarter. However, 8 of 25 shooting for Joel Embiid, 1 of 7 from behind the arc. Derek Favors had a hand in that. Derek Favors um, has, at times, looked like a sack of meat trotting around the basketball court for the Thunder this season. Um, Has looked like he probably belonged more in like a second tier Russian boxing league than he does on an NBA floor has not looked like an actual NBA contributor for a good chunk of this season. Tonight, he looked solid. He held his own on both ends of the floor. He looked like a competent NBA player, 28 minutes for favors tonight, which is uh, third most on the thunder in terms of minutes. Is this a sign of things to come? Is Derek Favors going to be this year's uh, Moses Brown? <laughs> That's an unfair comparison to Derek Favors. But is he going to be the player that suddenly gets more minutes, kind of gets some empty calories on the stat sheet every night? Um, Joseph Dieterman in the chat, he didn't want to get traded. Maybe. Well, he's, he certainly uh, played that up on the court. I think that it'll be interesting to see Does Favors have anything left in the tank? Because before tonight, I'm not sure. And I don't know if that changes from one game, but a nice performance from Derek Favors for OKC. The next guy I mentioned, third straight double-digit scoring game for Poku. Poku haters, mute the pod. Because Alexei, wow, I almost called him Alex. Be a nice nickname. Alexei Pokushevsky gave me life tonight. He was fun. He was making smart plays. He had some nice breakaway dunks. He had some good passes. He shoots seven of 11 from the floor tonight for his 15 points, six boards, one assist. Poku over the last three games is shooting above 50% total while scoring 15, 18, and 12 across those games. This could be attributed to the G League stint. This could be attributed to him kind of like reintegrating into NBA rhythm. Who knows? This could be contributed to like a a really nice dinner that he had that he's still just riding a high from. But Poku has looked solid for three games, and that is notable because I want to see it in consistent bunches. That's what I want to see out of these young guys on OKC's roster. Not can you give me one good game? Can you give me three, five, seven? Can you contribute on a nightly basis? And so it's encouraging to see a nice stretch from Poku and not just a nice game or even a nice quarter like we've seen from Poku in the past. His his physical attributes still just jump off the page like he just glides. The analogies from Chris Fisher and Michael Gage tonight, uh, I tweeted them on the account, but at one, on one dunk, Chris Fisher said he's like a little plane that just takes off. And, you know, that doesn't really... Uh, have the same have the same ring to it as air congo um later michael cage called him a hang glider i think it's a fitting description when you watch poku go in for a dunk a hang glider it's just so gentle just steady kind of floats through the air a little bit delicate that's poku he also got burned on multiple baseline drives his defense is still not there he still has a number of flaws 
but he's also still younger than a number of potential lottery picks in the upcoming draft. And that's where we have to remind ourselves of where Poku's at in his development timeline. Yes, he's been in the league for a couple years now. Yes, he's played a lot of games. He's still incredibly young. He's still incredibly raw. He's coming from a much lower level of competition. He's still learning the game a little bit. If you've written Poku off, I'd encourage you to give him another chance. Not just because of this three-game stretch, but because of the potential that I think he could capitalize on in the coming weeks, months, and years. Is it possible that he amounts to nothing and is a bust? Absolutely. He's a risky choice, but that's kind of why I liked when Presty took him. Presty could afford to take risks at that point in the Thunder rebuild, the very beginning. That's where you want to pick your riskiest picks because if they work out, they're going to look like steals. And Poku is absolutely a risk. But if he can continue to find more consistency in the way he plays, like we've seen in the last three games, that's going to start to look like a smarter and smarter pick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Speaking of consistency, fourth double-double of the season for Darius Baisley, 14 points for Bays, 15 rebounds, 34 minutes, which is a team high, 5 of 10 shooting, 2 of 4 from behind the arc, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 1 block, because Bays always gets a block, a, a solid stretch of games now for a couple weeks for Baisley, 
You want to talk about somebody that we've preached consistency about. It's Darius Baisley. Going into this season, we felt like this was the year where Bays kind of needs to show something. He's just kind of waffled. And there's been excuses and been reasons and, and things that you can kind of explain away his inconsistency, whether that be his path to the NBA, whether that be the tumultuousness of his first couple of seasons in the NBA. But he's at the point now where he's got to put some stuff together. He had his moments, was not a perfect game, was not as good as some of the games we've seen in the previous couple weeks from Bays. But what it is is another kind of peg in a consistent stretch from Bays where he's feeling like a more solid contributor. In the past, it would be a you know 15-point game followed by a three-point game where he went um, you know one of 12 from the floor. That seemed to be the the Baisley roller coaster that we saw. So it's encouraging that we're evening out a little bit. It comes after he had that stretch on the bench. Now he's been back in the starting lineup. He's playing more within himself. He's not trying to force things as much. He's not trying to ISO as much. He's not trying to cross over, spin move, take a guy off the dribble and go to the basket with no plan as much. It still happens sometimes. But I think he's showing strides, he's showing progress, and he's showing consistency. And if Bayes can keep that consistency, much like what I just said about Poku, he has a role. If he can understand what that role is and play within it, he has an opportunity to stay on this Thunder team. Otherwise, I'm not so sure. Lindy Waters, first NBA minutes tonight. Lindy Waters, I should say, first NBA minute he he officially logs one minute with a big fat over across the stat sheet. Dagnall said pregame that Lindy Waters can light it up. He is a he's a a streaky shooter. He wanted to see him out on the floor. I guess technically he saw him out on the floor. He did not play much at all. He was kind of getting subbed in a couple times late in the game just for his offense. When the Thunder went on defense, Dagnall subbed him out. Can't read too much into it. I do not have high expectations for Lindy Waters. And I promise it's not just because I'm an OU fan, but he, I'm skeptical of his ability to be a long-term NBA player. I think the Thunder are doing due diligence, roster exploration, um, bringing more guys through the system to tank if you want to think about it that way, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not super high on his long-term potential, but it'll be interesting to watch. It gives us something to watch uh, as the Thunder inevitably lose more games. It's fun to have kind of new prospects to evaluate, new parts of the roster to explore. Roby, Isaiah Roby's first minutes since January 2nd. And he looked like booty. 12 minutes for Roby, two points, one of four shooting, two steals, and two turnovers. Roby looked um, uncomfortable. He had some sloppy passes. He just didn't look like he was in game-ready form tonight. Um, to be expected, I mean, Roby's never been, like, incredible and did not have not played in over a month. It's to be expected. It will be interesting again to see like what does the rotation look like moving forward. 12 minutes for Roby tonight is the third lowest ahead of Lindy Waters and Veet Kreji. 
So it's not like he's getting a, a massive amount of minutes, but does he continue to get those minutes uh, on this Thunder team? You know, Diakite is not here anymore. Akpala was waived. Is that an opportunity for Roby to get some minutes down the stretch? Is that intentional because of uh, lottery reasons? Lots of things that we can contemplate on that front. And then the last of the notables, the first NBA minutes for Vít Krejci. You got to feel good about this. It's been a long time coming since the, the since the Thunder acquired Krejci in the draft. Nine minutes tonight, four points, two of three shooting, 0 of one from behind the three, and two assists. Krejci, coming off that ACL injury, had played a number of games for the Blue this season before suffering an ankle injury, which set him back. So it's been a long time coming to see Krejci on the floor in an NBA uniform, getting to play and getting to score and put the ball in the basket. I forgot how like lanky he is. 6'8", 195. Um, that's like what I looked like in high school. <laughs> the proportions are a little different now, a little bit fatter now. But for the most part, he, he's got a very intriguing frame and an intriguing skill set. If you've watched any of him on the blue or even seen the highlights, there's potential there. I'm very excited to see him get more burn on the Thunder. Tonight was a nice little preview. He had a nice breakaway dunk. Um, in the chat, we've got Joseph saying Bay's replacement. That's interesting. Um, somewhat similar frame, a little bit different skill set. It could be interesting to see how the Thunder utilize Veet moving forward. But regardless, just from like a heartwarming, feel-good perspective, you got to feel good about having Veet out on the court and kind of getting a, a first actual chance to see what he can do in the NBA. Not a notable, but we must talk about our favorite masked man, Lugans Dort. 15 points tonight. Six of 17 shooting, one of five from behind the arc, two of two from the line, four rebounds, one assist, and one turnover. Lou Dort has stepped up in Shea's absence. Shea being out has provided an opportunity for many guys. The scoring was very balanced tonight. Four guys scoring in double figures for OKC. But in the past few games before this, Lou Dort had really taken that mantle. So much so that the Thunder won uh, more games right after Shea went out than they'd won all year previously. It's evened out a little bit. The The tanking ship has righted. But Lou Dort, I think it's still really impressive what he's able to do in those situations. I think it changes the way that you think about him as a player. What his role is on this team and where he fits in the NBA, a.k.a. what he's worth from a contract standpoint. I think he's shown that his ceiling is higher than maybe some thought previously. Does that mean the Thunder are willing to pay him more when it comes contract extension time? Does that mean he's more likely to stay in Oklahoma City to be a, a firm piece moving forward rather than trying to flip him for assets? I think it could. I think his play has been strong enough that you can make the argument that he's not just a expendable role player who's freakishly good at defense. And maybe he is a more crucial, important part of Thunder 2.0. You can make that argument based off not just his recent play with Shea out, but really kind of recent trends overall. Plus, he just looks freaking cool in the mask. 
it's hard to not look cool in the mask, but he he makes it look real cool. Uh, shout out to Zach Beaker, who had some brilliant photos captured of Masked Dort from the last home game. Looking like a super villain man. And I mean, I'm just saying, James Harden could have played tonight probably, but would you want your first game in your new team to be against Lou Dort? I don't think so. I don't think so. Looking at the rest of the roster, some underwhelming performances from guys like Trey Mann. Two points from Trey Mann, one of eight shooting, 0 of four from behind the arc. Never really looked super comfortable. Uh, had some bad misses early. Had some fantastic step backs and crossovers, as always. Hard to hate on a single game performance from Trey Mann when he's played so well lately. His potential is just through the roof, man. Like his scoring potential. The kid is a walking bucket. His ability to create space is unmatched on this team. Unfortunately, nobody on this team could hit shots tonight. 17.1% as a team from behind the arc. 38.9% from the floor overall. It's not uh, hard to see why they lost this game, even when you look at the 76ers box score. And they only shot 27% from behind the arc. It was uh, definitely not a three-point contest in Philly tonight. And Trey Mann was uh, definitely part of that. Josh Giddy tonight, nine points, seven boards, five assists, a well-rounded stat sheet, but not a super exciting game. He had some uh, sloppy turnovers. Matisse Thibel will do that, especially when he's kind of spying off ball a little bit. Four turnovers excuse me, four turnovers for Giddy tonight. Team high, 15 turnovers overall for the Thunder. Sloppy. Philadelphia is a great defensive team. Give them credit. They're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Thibel was a big part of that. As always, they've got some length that just kind of bothered Giddy. And I think we've seen that a few times now, that if a team's got a good read on the scouting report on Giddy. If they've got some big physical guys that they can kind of use to make him uncomfortable in space, it makes uh, for a little bit sloppier of a Giddy performance. He'll learn. He's a rook. Uh, again, hard to hate on him for a single game performance. And even then, it was it was fairly okay, uh, but not not the highest level of play that we've become accustomed to seeing from Josh Giddy. Overall, will be very interesting to see how Oklahoma City continues this stretch without Shea Gilgis Alexander sitting at 17 and 38 on the record sheet right now for OKC. They play tomorrow at Chicago. Then they turn around on Valentine's Day. They have a date in New York City with the Knicks before Wednesday coming back home against San Antonio and Thursday against Phoenix. Or sorry, no, that takes us, that's after the All-Star break. I can't read. San Antonio takes us to the All-Star break. So three more games for OKC heading into the All-Star break. They're coming off four straight losses after that kind of bizarre spurt of three wins after Shea went out. I think these next three will be very interesting to see how OKC ends up uh, from, a, from a lottery standpoint. Um, Chicago started super hot this season. I think that trip up there is a very losable game still. New York. Uh New York's been a bit of a hot mess. 
OKC should probably really um, focus on losing that game. Enjoy the New York nightlife. Have a good uh, pre-Valentine's Day night out. Uh, Take your time. And then San Antonio, who I thought was like kind of heading towards a a tanking land. But last I saw, they were just obliterating the Hawks. So who knows? Uh, But you'd like you'd like to see OKC probably lose that game. Three more losses, giving them seven straight into the all-star break kind of helps offset those three wins coming at this from a purely lottery odds perspective. Um, sorry if you don't like that, but that's that's where my head's at at this point in the season. And then I believe they have 28 games post all-star break. It's pretty tight in the standings and the reverse standings in the Western Conference and the NBA as a whole. OKC will uh, have to make some very interesting choices around who they play, what the rotations look like, and how much of the roster gets explored to see the rest of the season. Overall, though, what I'm seeing from the Thunder is what we've seen from the Thunder all season, and that they're pretty fun. They never quit. They're always in it. Tonight, like, easily could have been a 25-point blowout, but the darn kids, I mean, it was Giddy, Veet, Poku, Baisley, that's who made the comeback. And they made it close against the Sixers. What more can you ask for? Like, they're not getting blown out by 40 points every night. And that's a win. That keeps it entertaining. It gives us things to watch as fans. It keeps us engaged. And I think with the the number of kind of like young players and storylines that we have to keep an eye on, there's plenty of fun reasons to watch this team, whether or not they win or lose. And that's great. I think a lot of times you can get hung up just looking at a rebuilding or a tanking season, whatever euphemism that you want to use there, and just think like, oh, how can you even watch it? Like, it's such a beatdown. And granted, you know, losing by 70 points to the Grizzlies, that's a beatdown. That's hard to watch. Not very much fun. But if you even look back at these last four, OKC kept it pretty close in most of them. Toronto got away from them a bit. Golden State was pretty close through most of it. Sacramento was even pretty close through most of it. Tonight, pretty close through most of it. That's a win. That's That gives us something to watch. And I'm hoping that trend continues. Um, though, it'll be interesting to see. Last year, obviously, Shea Gilgis, Alexander's plantar, plantar fasciitis changed things. Sitting Horford changed things. There's a lot of ugly beatdowns to end the season last year, which put Oklahoma City in the lottery position they were in. Is there an ace up the sleeve this season? Do they need something like that to happen this season to achieve their lottery goals? I'm not sure. It's very interesting to see this team coming out of the trade deadline, not having made any moves. I felt pretty sure they were going to trade Kenrich Williams and try to capitalize on that draft asset that they could get in return. Maybe the market wasn't there. Maybe it wasn't enough for how they feel about Kenny Hustle, especially given his recent comments about how much he likes Oklahoma City. It can be times at times hard to get a read on this team and where um, Presti is taking them in the short term. But I think in the long term, he's made his intentions clear. Uh, We want it to be an arrival, not an appearance when we get back to the playoffs. That is buckle up for the long haul. Presti's building this ship towards the future. And the rest of the season and the upcoming draft is going to go a long way in determining how much longer this rebuild lasts 
and what this team looks like as it evolves into Thunder 2.0. Through all of it, through the ups and downs, the wins and losses, the tanking games, uh, and everything in between, we're going to be there. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out after every game for shorter post-game podcast analysis, just like this one. And join us every Sunday night for our larger group show where we break down the week as a whole, look at the NBA at large, and get into some of the bigger themes and storylines. We get the whole crew together, and it is a lot of fun. But I really appreciate you checking out this podcast. If you're in the stream tonight, thanks for joining. Thanks for dropping comments. You keep things interesting. Uh, you give me fresh things to talk about beyond my notes, which is awesome. Like I said, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Follow us across all the socials and join us Sunday night for our weekly live stream. We'd love to have you be a part of it. 9 p.m. Central on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Until then, Thunder Up.